Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Drysaddle with a steal, ahead to McDavid, rushes in, tries to center, deflected, back to Drysaddle, he scores! Drysaddle, second of the night, might have finally put this one away. 5-2 Edmonton. The Oilers pour it on in the third period after jumping out of the gate. And they get a 7-2 win over the Minnesota Wild here at Rogers Place. The Oilers up their record to 15-12-2 on the season. The Wild drop to that same mark. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 9.58 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osman Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Connor McDavid with four points tonight, a goal and three assists. Dreisaitl gets two goals and an assist. Jujar Kara, nice little run he has going here. Two assists. He has a point in four straight games. Cam Talbot, 31 saves for his second consecutive victory. Uh, obviously, a game like this, Rob, a lot went right for the Oilers. A lot of guys uh, had good games and, and an incredibly quick start for Edmonton. 8.42 into the game. They had three goals. They chased one of the best goalies in the league over the last four or five years. 3 nothing. Uh, it was three goals in 4.28 all told. Now Minnesota definitely had their chances in this game, but the Oilers prevented them from ever getting back within a goal. Well, they did, and a lot of that was on the back of Cam Talbot. I, I thought he was an exceptional tonight. Normally when you win a game by five and you score seven, you're not thinking about the goaltender, but there was a couple times tonight when the Oilers were up 3-1. There was a push by the Minnesota Wild. Camp Talbot made three or four big saves. When the Oilers went up 4-2 in the third period, the, the Wild had two or three really impressive shifts in a row where they were all over, and, and Camp Talbot did whatever he did to keep the puck out of the net, and eventually the Oilers get that break, and they go down and score the other way. So uh, it's a good sign for the Oilers tonight that players that hadn't put the puck in the net in a while did, that players who have been consistent all year can continued with that tonight and we're talking about the dry titles the Nugent Hopkins and, and obviously the McDavid's but I think the biggest thing tonight is this is back-to-back very good games by Cam Talbot and Ken Hitchcock's talked about it a lot that the Oilers if they want to succeed in the Western Conference you can't do it on the back of one goaltender you need two goaltenders and now since he has been here we've seen both goaltenders play very well. 6-2-1 and one under Hitchcock are the Oilers, and he did say this morning, expect Miko Koskinen to start on Sunday night against the Flames. That's going to be a fun one with uh, the Battle of Alberta Chapter 2 this season after that spirited game a few weeks ago. No scoring in, uh, in the second period, and as you mentioned, Rob, it, it's 4-2. Niederreiter gets the goal to make it 4-2. Then you have Dreisaitl, uh, 5-2, and then... I think a little bit of a sag there for the Wild after that. Once they're down 5-2, Chase on and Nurse able to add some late goals for Edmonton. 
Well, it, it was a, a big goal at that time because that's the when the push was coming by the Minnesota Wild, and they had extended time in two, three shifts in a row. They're 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 getting good looks, big saves by Talbot, open nets that the the Wild were missing. But you felt that if they got a goal there, made it four three, all of a sudden. Uh, there would be a bit of tightness on the Oilers bench and, and the Wild sensed that yet when the Oilers best players go on the ice they create opportunities and tonight the opportunities seemed to go into the net more than not for them and that was a nice play McDavid tried making the pass and stayed with it when it didn't work and then Leon Dreisaitl gets a second opportunity he makes no mistake and after that uh, the fatigue of playing back-to-back kicked in and the Minnesota Wild had nothing left. So 7-2, the Oilers win it. They had 16 goals in their first eight games under Hitchcock. They get seven tonight, and the Japanese Village goal light is on because the Oilers scored five or more. So you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer, Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. 7-2 is your final. I mentioned Jujar Kara, two assists tonight, part of a really good shift to keep that puck alive for the chase on goal. He has points in four consecutive games, and he's been playing up in the lineup with Nugent Hopkins at Pulley-Arvey. Well, the one thing that I know from experience with, with Hitch is he rewards players that play well. And his best players are always going to play, and every team's got about three or four of those guys, and they're going to get the consistent ice time. And the rest of the guys are in an audition, and they're in an audition every time they step on the ice. And if you have a good first period, that's going to get you more ice time in the second. And if you have three good periods in a row, well, the next game you might find yourself up in the lineup. There's nothing ever set in stone with Ken Hitchcock. He will always try to improve. And what he's doing right now, he's trying to find the best fit on each line. He, right now he thinks, you know what? McDavid and Drysdale, they work good together. Who can I put with R&H? And there was nothing really happening for a few of the games that Hitch was coaching. So he's like, all right, let's see who's been playing well on the third and fourth lines. I like what Kara's done as of late. Let's move him up and see what he can do. And Kara's taken that opportunity and he's run with it. And what you like about him is he's a north-south player. He goes, drives through the middle. He gets pucks in the corner. And he's got surprisingly nice soft hands for a guy that's not known for that. He makes a couple of really nice plays, finding guys that are opening, get open, and uh, I, I think what we've seen from him in the last couple of games will guarantee him a spot on that second line again in Calgary, and he'll have another opportunity to, to impress the coaching staff. So the Oilers win at 7-2. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Four games in all in the NHL tonight as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Ducks and Hurricanes tied 1-1. Heading to the third period. The Stars beat the Sharks 3-2. That's good for the Oilers in the division playoff race. Uh, not as good in the wild card playoff chase, but they're hanging right in there, a point out of a playoff spot. The Blues, uh, they got ripped up by the Jets about uh, well, I guess almost two weeks ago when Line got those five goals. Well, the Blues win one nothing in Winnipeg tonight. Allen gets the shutout. Colton Pareko, the only goal of the game, his fifth of the season, came on the power play in the second period. Well, the St. Louis Blues, that's a, a team that I think was very important that the, the Oilers beat the other night because they are down in the standings. They are a better team than their record shows. They have had a, a horrible run of injuries. When they get healthy, they're going to make a push. That's why every time you play a team that's got some injuries, you want to 
take advantage of it. The Oilers did tonight. Hopefully we'll do it again on, on Sunday against Calgary, but they did against the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis will be better. I don't know if they're going to have enough time to be a playoff team, but they certainly will be a much better hockey club when their their captain gets back into the lineup. When Steen, who's back tonight, I think he had an assist on the, the one goal tonight. So they, they have some talent. They should be better than they are. 7-2, the Oilers win. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along here on Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. We'll go to 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Dean to the show. Dean, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Uh, great game tonight. There can't be any negative uh, thoughts on this one. This was a great game overall. Um, and you guys, you guys are so good at covering everything that we need to say on the air before the post-game show. Jujakara, huge. But just for fun, can I hear your thoughts on one aspect is, imagine we had Everly and we were trading him up. What do you think we would need to give for him and something else for Charlie Coyle? Because I think Charlie Coyle is a great aspect uh, to the Minnesota Wild. What do you guys think that we would need to give for that? To get Charlie Coyle from the Wild? Charlie Coyle. Do you think we could give Everly for Charlie Coyle back in the day? Uh, for our lineup. Do you think we can oh, get him? Wow, you, you're really going down what if alley here. <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, you guys covered it. You talked about Juju Karen, how great he was in Camp Talbot. It was so good. It was a great game. So I'm just throwing a speedball at you guys. Sure, okay. Well, we, we can have some fun with that. I'm just quickly going to check uh, Coyle's salary because that's that would be a factor. I mean, he makes $3.2 million. I, I like Coyle. I he's, like Coyle he's a too. Good but, player. but what I've known with Coyle, though, he seems to be uh, prettier than productive. Like he, he'll score some unbelievable goals, and at the end of the year, you look okay. He, he has 12 points yeah. this year. I thought so he was doing a little better. Again, that's what I mean. He, he looks prettier than he than than his stats show. I mean, you're like, oh god, he had a great game at the end of the night. He's minus one with no points. So uh, he is a talent. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you can't trade Jordan for him unless you call the Islanders and say, hey. So, no, I, Charlie Coyle is a good hockey player, and I think the, the Minnesota Wild appreciate his talents. All right, Oilers win 7-2. More of your reaction as we roll along tonight. But let's go down to the Oilers Hall of Fame room for, uh, for uh, GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Ken Hitchcock. Here. So... People around the NHL have been watching your team score two a night for you since you got here and have been kind of thinking, well, that's Hitchcock hockey. Would this be an example of a team that can satisfy you as a coach yet fill the net a little bit? Yeah, especially in the third period. I I thought we played so well for each other in the third period. I told the players that at the end of the game. The things we did, the way we covered our own net, the way we got out on transition... um, I thought we did a heck of a job and and were rewarded for the goals. But when you continually spend time in the offensive zone, eventually things like this happen. And we haven't finished. We had, we had way more opportunities in St. Louis than this within zone time. But today we scored on our chances. But when you spend that much time, good things happen. So trying to stay with it. Ken, uh, you had four defensemen that recorded a point tonight. Uh, is that something that you and the coaching staff have maybe worked on with the defensemen, maybe giving them the green light when they have an opportunity? I'm not sure what was going on here before. I, I just I just felt that they were not near close enough to the play. They weren't 
They weren't helping us on the rush enough. They weren't active enough. And I'm trying to explain to the players that once the puck crosses our blue line, there's no positions. You're a one to a four. And I'm trying to get the players to understand that as much as possible. And we're just kind of starting that phase. But we need uh, way more activation by our defensemen. If we're going to be a, a top team in, in the Western Conference, we need way more way more involvement. They need to be closer to the play. And we, if you look at the way the NHL is right now, it's the defenseman joining the rush that creates the odd man rushes. It's not, it's not three forwards. You never get out with three forwards. So we need to have more of that. And we've, we've been practicing it every day, and our guys are starting to get it now. Everything seems seems to be going right for you guys right now. You're on a roll. You got some goals and everything. Do you say anything to kind of bring them back to earth, or do you want them to just enjoy this and run with it? Uh, no. What I said to them today in the third period, they played for each other, and that's regardless of what happens. I said that at the start when I first came here. There's a difference between playing with each other and for each other, and I thought we did that and showed showed significant progress in doing the little things that you need to do to win games and be become a playoff team and it's an easy word to use but it's a hard or an easy phrase to use but it's a hard thing to do and we started to really do it and um you know i i, I think for me and for the players scoring seven goals is more of a relief and it just it makes you feel good for all the hard work you're putting in it becomes an easier sell for me now uh, the reward is worth all the work, and so we're going to keep pushing that forward. Ken, uh, your first impression on Zikov in game action? I'm sorry? Your first impression on Valentin in game action? I thought uh, from the red line in, very, very good. Like, he's strong on the puck, he's physical, he's dangerous. Uh, I think for, a, you know, he's had one pregame skate with us. Uh, I thought I thought he was fine, and, and obviously going to get better. We've... We, we've got to get his tempo up, and the only way he's going to get his tempo up is by practicing with us. Great, thanks. You got, uh, you've been around Edmonton a long time. You coach in your first Battle of Alberta on Sunday. Your team's coming in, playing well. You just scored seven. Uh, maybe a thought on uh, what it's going to be like to wade into that for you. I, I don't look at it that way. I, I look at the next three teams as huge tests. They're all playoff teams. They're all significant teams. They all have their eye on the big prize in the West. I look at that as a great test. Calgary, uh, Winnipeg, uh, Colorado, I look at that as the, the test that I'm really looking forward to see where we match up. And Calgary just happened to be the first team we've got to go and beat. But to me, it's these three teams are going to be an unbelievable measuring stick for us, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how we look. All right, well, that'll be a fun one Sunday, but first we break down this Oilers 7-2 win over the Minnesota Wild tonight. McDavid with four points, Dreisaitl with three, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, that was head coach Ken Hitchcock. He made an interesting comment early in that. He said, once the puck crosses the blue line, I want the players to remember there are no positions. What does he mean by that? Well, he says jump up in the play. So if Connor McDavid gets the puck wide and you are a defenseman and you cross the blue line second, well, don't think you have to wait for a forward to pass you so that you can come in fourth. If you can lead there, if you're the defenseman carrying the puck across the blue line, lead the rush. Uh, and, but read the situation. If you got three guys going, make sure if it's a forward that has to be play back and be the fourth guy, he's the fourth guy. But what he did say that was so, so true 
odd man rushes in, in the National Hockey League, a lot of the time, are the, it's the offside defenseman that jumps up into the play. The defenseman kind of gets lost. When the, the four-checker's in there, he sees his defenseman down in the far corner, don't have to worry about him, loses him for a second, he gets on his horse and he goes flying up the ice. The winger that usually gets the puck on the board either has a defenseman pinch, him, pinch down on him or a winger come and pinch him off. So now he's stuck there. So that's defenseman, the offside defenseman, the guy that's jumping up, trying to make it a three-on-two, trying to possibly make it a two-on-one. That's why it's important that the defenseman's first thought when the puck starts going north is to jump into the play. If you have hesitation, well, you're going to lose your advantage. So uh, the Oilers are doing much better at it. You don't have to be a great offensive defenseman to jump up in the play, and you don't have to make the play. You can just be the decoy. But as long as there's an odd man, now the defenders now have to pick who they're going to try to cover, what shooting lane, what passing lane. So uh, this is Hitch hockey. Hitch wants, he wants aggressive hockey. When you have the puck, be aggressive, force the pace, and tonight they did. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. You can text 630-630. Darcy says, hey, Rob. Can you explain how Kevin Gravel seems to have grabbed a spot solidifying himself on the third pairing for the Oilers? Well, I didn't know very much about him before he came here. Um, he, he seems to move well. He moves the puck well. He's got size. Uh, he, he's not somebody that's going to go slam people through the boards, but he uses his body and his body positioning to stop uh, you know, stop a cycle, keep guys to the outside, end, end a rush. Uh, I think what he's seeing here is he's seeing an opportunity and he's taking full advantage of it. He, he's, he's had games in the National Hockey League. It's not like he's some career minor leaguer. He's a guy that's been in the National Hockey League, was well thought of for a while in L.A. and now he's getting his chance. And Hitch is a very good coach during games of putting players in positions where they can have success. Usually when he and Benning, the third pairing, are out there, he tries to put them in a position where they're not facing the other team's star players. Softer minutes, but minutes that they're capable of being uh, successful in. And, and they have been. We have not taken a call, you and I, and I don't know how long, about someone on the third pairing or, or someone on the fourth line. It's because those role players are stepping up and doing what they need to do to be successful. When a team has given up as few goals against as they have as of late for Ken Hitchcock, that means the defensemen are doing their job and Benning and Gravel have been very good as a third pairing defenseman. 7-2 win for the Oilers over Minnesota. They have won five of their last six. Minnesota has lost five of its last six. 7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. We'll welcome Marco to the show. Hey, Marco, what's on your mind? Um, I'm just wondering how you guys feel about Milan Lucic's play, um, considering he hasn't been putting the puck in the net. Well, I think that Hitch talks about the fact that that line with Brodziak and Cassian has done a very good job with zone time. I think what we've watched specifically up in the press box is when he gets the puck on the boards in his own end, how much success he has of getting the puck out. And I think... Uh, what we saw last year when he got frustrated when things weren't going well, he'd get the puck on the boards in his own end and blindly throw it through the middle. And a lot of them were getting picked off. He's a big, strong man. And when he's got time and space, he can make the right play. And what he's using, he's using his body now. He's absorbing hits and taking that extra second to make the right play. 
I, I mean, just looking at the ice time tonight of all Fords, he had the least amount of ice time of any Ford on the Edmonton Oilers. But he's being put in a position where he can be successful and, and have an impact on the hockey game. And as Hitch said when he first came here, he doesn't, he doesn't want or need or expect Milan to be the scorer that he was before, but can still have an impact on the game physically, have an impact on the game through the forecheck, uh, and, and by making smart defensive plays. So I, I think what we've seen over the last five or six games has been good from Milan. It's just a different good than what a lot of people were expecting when he signed here. He gets an assist tonight on Cassian's goal as the Oilers beat Minnesota 7-2. Rough outing for former Oilers goaltender Devin Dubnik. He allows three goals on six shots before getting pulled 8:42 into the game. Here's Dubnik for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Um, you know, it's, I take a lot of pride in... Uh, um, just kind of calming things down if, if it's feeling a little uh, crazy and obviously that um, just fuels the, the situation so I'll, uh, I'll definitely take responsibility for that. That puck rolls on you nine more times. Yeah, nine out of ten. I mean, it's you cover it up and it's dead play, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's just, just um, it's got to be sure on those. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's obviously a weird play the way it happened but I mean that's just that doesn't matter I, I can handle those um, and I need to handle those so you know it's, uh, I feel bad for for making Al go in there I thought he played uh, I thought he played fantastic and, and uh, you know definitely deserved a little better than, than uh, the end of the game how the week started it seemed promising with the way the team played in Vancouver and then to have these two losses and Nico's uncertainty. I mean is this is this is hockey I guess just yeah. a week like this, but it's that's gonna be tough. Yeah. Yeah, um, Vancouver is really good, and, and uh, you know we played a pretty good game last night too. I think the guys worked really hard, and and um, you know those those games are going to happen. Uh, but yeah, it's just. You know, games. Uh, like I said, I'll uh, I'll take responsibility for that one. That you know, I mean, things. They obviously got some guys that uh, they can go and they can fly, and and uh, you got to be able to to control and and uh, and settle it down if uh, if things are going that way. So that's um, that's my job. How do you uh, you know you guys are, are suddenly you're without. Nico and you're just sinking right now uh, like a stone. I mean, how do you, how do you get this back right now? Because you just don't look like the same team that we saw three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, Miko's uh, obviously a huge part of our team, so that's uh, um, you know he's irreplaceable, but that's a good opportunity for for people to fill some different roles and to, to get some more ice time and you know when we're when we're winning uh, we're winning because we're deep and everybody's and everybody's chipping in and that doesn't change when uh, when someone goes down uh. all right there's Devin Dubnik obviously disappointed in his outing and, and the second goal against I think the one he's really kicking himself about well it, it changed the whole game um, you know the Oilers came out they came out playing well they get the first goal but when you're on the, the Minnesota bench, you've been down one before, you feel confident, you can come back. 
But when that second goal goes in, and as weak a goal as it was, on the play that it was, there's a big deflate on the bench. This team has struggled as of late. I think, what's it, five of six they've lost. So coming in, they'd lost four or five. Things aren't going as well as uh, as they had been at the beginning of the season. And then when that goes in, now you're thinking this place is going crazy. They got two goals. McDavid looks like he's flying tonight. You know, what else could go wrong? And, and they had a letdown for a while, and that's how they got that third goal. The Oilers just kept pushing. So the second goal was the one that did both Devin and the Minnesota Wild in tonight. 7-2, the Oilers go on to win their 15-12-2 on the season. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Robert to the show. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Love your Good. show. So it's always fun to speculate about the future, especially when the future's looking as good as it has in the Hitch era. And if I did my numbers right, they've played nine games. They got 13 points out of 18, which is plus four over 500, which I know they won't keep it up. But if, but if they kept up that pace, they'd have like 108, 109 points at the end of the season. Realistically, where do you think uh, uh, they're going to land? Well, I, I'm guessing they, they want 90 Eight points is probably would guarantee him a playoff oh, spot. for sure. So yeah. I mean, you shoot. I mean, I don't think in the dressing room, Hitch or the players are talking about anything along those lines. I, I know that all coaches talk about it, and I'm, I know Hitch is pretty ad about it, adamant about it as well. You look at the game ahead of you, and, and you deal with that game. And at the end of that game, you look to see what you did right. You look, you see you did wrong, and then you move forward to the next one. So I, I don't think they're talking about how many points i don't think any of us know but i know that right now it's a nice little run and when you get on a run you want to stay on that run as long as you can where things start bouncing your way where the goalies are making saves where the posts are for you they're posting out when you're shooting there it's posting in and and, and there's a there's a huge thing called puck luck and all hockey players believe in it right now the bounces are going the other's way and a great example is last night minnesota calgary played each other the two teams that the oilers are going to play on this weekend there was a run-in between the captain of the Flames and the captain of the Minnesota Wild, and neither of those two captains are playing against the Oilers this weekend. So you call those good breaks, good bounces, and the Oilers got to take advantage of them. Yeah, it, it, this is a good stretch for the Oilers. And now, don't forget, they had an 8-2-1 and one stretch earlier in the season when Todd McClellan was the head coach, and then they, they lost 6-7, of seven, and that ultimately led to, to Todd being let go. I, I, I think I look at the standings a little more than, than you do, Rob, just because I think more. I mean, now Arizona's starting to drop off. Vancouver's starting to drop off a little bit. They're four and five points behind the Oilers, respectively. And we've discussed this a lot in the past. Most teams at some point have a little burst where you win six out of ten or you go six, two, and two. But then when you have a rough patch, you still have to maybe get half your points. Mm-hmm. You know, the Oilers went one and six in a seven-game stretch. Even if they go three and four, you look at that and say, eh, that wasn't very good, but they'd have four more points than they would now, and they'd be two points behind Calgary instead of six. So I think you hope there are good bursts like this under Hitch, but when they have areas where they sag or they're a little injured or they're tired, they're still able to scratch out an overtime loss or get a goaltending win here and there. And there's certain wins or certain games that are more important than others. When you're playing a divisional foe, 
that win is way more important than the win against the Buffalo Sabres because you're pushing someone else further behind you in the standings. There's about four or five teams that are going to fight for playoff spots. And the ones that are falling off are the ones that everyone expected. No one expected Vancouver to be there. No one expected Arizona. No one expected Chicago. Those are teams that were going to be at the bottom. Teams that are in it right now, the Minnesota Wild, that's why this was a huge win. Teams that you would expect to be there were the St. Louis Blues. That's why that was a huge win. Those are the teams that you need to beat if you want to be a playoff team. And the Oilers right now have put a little roll together against those good teams. And the roll needs to continue. As Hitch said, the next few games are against teams that are playoff teams that the Oilers either want to catch or put behind them. And if an East team is playing a West team, Oilers fans always want the East team to win. Hurricanes might help out to Tonight, they're up 3-1 on the Ducks with nine and a half minutes left. Though with the way this season has gone for Anaheim, they'll probably win 4-3 in overtime. Well, the Ducks are a team that I, I didn't expect to be the playoff team. I thought they just, I thought they, this might be the year that they were too old, yet they have got an incredible goaltender. And, and they're and minus 11 in goal differential, and they're five games over 500. Yeah. Now, the Oilers are minus two, but... Now, the, Gibson Gibson has given the Anaheim Ducks uh, a, a shot to win every single hockey game that he starts. He is that good. All right, we'll finish the play with Mike in a couple of minutes, but let's go back down to the Oilers' dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. He gets a goal tonight. Here's Zach Cassie. Yeah, that we ended up uh, scoring uh, a good amount of goals, which is always nice. Were you guys as concerned as everybody else was that the goals weren't coming? No, never, never. You guys make it a big play. A win's a win for us. We, uh, we, like I said, we want to check for our chances. Obviously, it's nice to, to get on the score sheet. Obviously, scoring uh, is a big part of the game, but when you're winning games 2-1, that's a, that's a positive sign for our group too. So um, big offensive night for a lot of guys in here, which is, uh, which is a bonus. The confidence level in this room right now has got to be season high yeah well I think it's been growing since Hitch has got here um, we've we've been playing fairly well um, and playing in good games playing in tight games so uh, a game like this obviously um, patents your stats a bit but um, I think as a as a whole we've been improving since he's got here now you look pretty pumped when that goal in what do you think of the, the shot and then what the yeah I just tried to get it by the left side of him it ended up going and it ends up going in so uh, that's obviously nice but uh I thought our line was due. We've been playing some really good hockey right now, so that's nice to see that go in. But uh, we know we bring a lot to the table other than uh, goals and assists, so um, we just need to continue to play well for our team. So the line of Cassie and Lucic and Brodziak has stood out lately because of their forechecking, so of course they score off the rush yeah. when they finally <laughs> get one. Well, it, it, I mean, good on Cassian on the goal, but I think that showed the type of goaltending that the Minnesota Wild got tonight. I mean, that's that goal can't go in if you want to win hockey games. But they, that line was rewarded. They, they, How many great scoring chances have they had around the net that has not found the back of the net for them? So it's nice when one of those goes in. And I can tell you from experience, when something goes right for you in a hockey game, it carries over. When you've had, when you read every day in the paper, you're not scoring, this line can't score, it's been this many games since you got a point. When something finally goes in for you, it's actually fun going to the next game, picking up the stats page because there's a different number on it for you. And you feel good going into that game. Hopefully that, that line can continue to contribute. They don't have to score two, three a night. But if every second or third game they pop a goal, that's going to go a long way for the success for this team. 7-2 
Oilers beat the Wild at Rogers Place. Edmonton with four consecutive wins on home ice. They're 8-4-1 at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063. We have Mike on the line. Mike, we're going to finish the play with you, but first, what's your thought or your question? I have, a, I have a question for you, gentlemen, and I don't seem to have an answer for it. Um, how come you got someone like Hitchcock that comes in and he makes basically makes McClellan look like a... Uh, kind of silly how you made things make it made it look so simple. Like I don't understand why McClellan with the three seasons, almost three full seasons, why wouldn't he try something different? You know. Well, I think first of all, I, I, I don't think we want to heap on Todd. He was nominated for Coach of the Year and right. and had a had a really good good season. So I I don't think that. Todd was doing things that worked and then came to work the next year and said, okay, I'm now I'm going to just do the opposite. But sometimes a, a coaching change, a different voice, Rob, uh, a different view. Any, anytime a new coach comes in, there's usually a bump. The team plays better for the first little while. It's just human nature. The players want to prove to the new guy uh, that they can play and, and can find a way into his plans. The players are usually feeling a little guilty that their coach got fired because when a coach gets fired it's because the players have underperformed but I think one of the big reasons too if you want to look at the success Hitch is having and the lack of success of Todd is goaltending you know Cam Talbot had a really really poor stretch under under Todd McClellan and he was the main guy and they went with him when Koskinen came in and was in preseason he was not good at all and he scared this coaching staff into so he wasn't able to play so hitch is getting fantastic goaltending which is setting this team up to to have a chance each and every every game to have some success so i think that is the biggest thing if i could say right now between the coaches all right we're going to finish the play with mike we're looking to put his name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at fast track indoor karting safe adrenaline pumping fun fast track karting edmonton.com for the wild. Four and a half gone by in the second. Dry settle a steal ahead for Connor McDavid. Back to Dry settle one timer. All right, Mike, that is a second period chance for Connor McDavid. Goal or no goal? Uh, no goal. Nobody scored in the second period. For the wild. Four and a half gone by in the second. Dry settle a steal ahead for Connor McDavid. Back to Dry settle one timer. Save. Rebound. Stay on. Another left pad. Save. Good chance there for McDavid, but yes, Mike, right on top of it. No goals in the second period, but the Oilers get three in the first, four in the third, and beat the Minnesota Wild 7-2 at Rogers Place. You will hear from Connor McDavid. You'll also hear from mini coach Bruce Boudreau. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, we're live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Here's Ryan Suter with a backhand reflected. What a save by Talbot. Rebound, Parisi can't elevate it over the left pad. Tremendous moment for Cam Talbot as he's somehow able to keep it out. All right, that's Cam Talbot's save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. Talbot gets the win tonight. 31 stops. 7-2 Edmonton beats Minnesota. Both goaltenders played for the Wild. Dubnik stops 3 of 6. Stalock stops 22 of 26. Both teams 15-12-2 on the season. Keeping an eye on the Edmonton trailer scoreboard. Hurricanes lead the Ducks 3-1. Five and a half minutes left. The Stars beat the Sharks. 
3-2 and the Blues shut out the Jets 1-0. Tomorrow here at Rogers Place, Teddy Bear toss game, Oil Kings against the Kamloops Blazers. I know that team well. Actually, a, a local product, Serge Lajoie, the coach of the Kamloops Blazers. Yep. So that'll be a fun game. They'll be... Uh, uh, I want to see. I want to. I want to know what the, what what is the record for the Oil Kings? How many is their biggest? Just for teddy bears? Yeah, we, uh, we had like around fourteen thousand one hundred last year. I hope year. they beat that because yeah, not only so is it fun and the cool atmosphere, but a lot of a lot of young boys and girls in town get the benefit of all the teddy bears that are thrown on the ice. So we we had our uh, six thirty Ched Santa's Anonymous auction day yesterday on six thirty Ched. So we had packages on all the talk shows throughout the day. We set a new record for the total money raised. On Inside Sports, I had the package of uh, Eskimo Seasons tickets, uh, a Mike Riley autographed jersey, four tickets to the Oilers and Sharks on December 29th, a puck autographed by Dreisaitl, and a puck autographed by Ryan Smith, and it went for 8200 So, like, incredible. You should have thrown in dinner with you and I. Would have went for 6500 yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Would have lowered the value. Uh, Oilers win 7-2 tonight so they have won four straight at home uh, a lot of players getting involved this evening uh, we should touch uh, hitch was asked about Zekoff. obviously you know his his first game he's trying to get involved because of visa issues he had to didn't get to go on the road trip so didn't get the, the practices and involved as much i still i mean he took took the penalty that yep. hitch steered away from commenting on that so i think we're still sort of in will see territory with him yeah uh, he, he made a couple nice plays he's, he's the one that set up spooner on a, a partial breakaway a, a beautiful pass and a nice shot by spooner too one of the few saves that the wild got tonight um he, he's got some of the attributes that hitch likes he likes big strong type players i mean he's got his skill players and outside of his skill players he wants a big team he brings that to the team uh it, it would be tough. It's tough. I've been traded. I've moved to other teams. It's tough jumping in. And the, when I went from, I think it was from Pittsburgh to Hartford, my first time on the ice was the same thing, a morning skate and a game. And, and you don't even know half the guys' names and uh, what, what your, the line combinations are, when you're supposed to go on there, all these things. You don't, it's, it's hard to fit in quickly. So having said that, I thought he looked fine. He, he showed, and I think Hitch said it best, from the red line in, he liked what he saw. From the red line back, it's a work in progress, but I'm pretty sure that is the book on him. I think we've seen at the, the American Hockey League level, he is a good offensive player. Why is he not at the National Hockey League level? There's got to be warts in his game. That's what Hitch is going to try to figure out and fix. Dennis from Grand Prairie texting in. He says, hey, Rob, you played with and against some great players, but did you ever see anybody who could transition from defense to offense like McDavid can? <laughs> uh, no. No, I, I remember when I was in Pittsburgh and one game I was on the checking line and I had to go against the Korea Solani line. So I lined up against Timu Solani the whole game and he was the fastest player I'd ever seen. Like, it was one of those things, two strides and he's gone. But we could clutch and grab back then. So on every face-off, I would just grab his sweater. So he was gone, but he was pulling me the entire way down the ice. Uh, I still don't honestly believe that the players in the National Hockey League realize how fast Connor McDavid is yet. They'll be in their own end and they'll, they, every player always does shoulder check. They'll look over their shoulder, they'll see, okay, I got 10 feet, so it gives me a second to make a play. He closes so fast that all of a sudden they go to make a pass and his stick is there deflecting the puck away or lifting his stick. And when he's coming in the transition, you've, and Hitch has talked about it, you, the defenseman has got great 
body position. He's got great gap control. I'm 15 feet in front of you. I know where I want to be. And there's already fear in that defenseman's eyes. There's already... They're already turning to start skating forward, even though he's, they still got 15 feet of real estate between him and McDavid. He is that fast, and he can, as, as this as texter said, how he quickly transitions. As soon as that puck is going the north, McDavid is on it. And uh, you, I really believe that teams, and you'll see it when the Oilers make the playoffs, teams will have a different set of forecheck, a different set of neutral zone check whenever McDavid's line is on the ice because he is the one player that can beat you every time he steps on. Let's get the thoughts from the opposition coach tonight for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's Bruce Boudreaux. Coach, your thoughts on what you saw today night? Well, it wasn't very good from the first five minutes to the last five minutes, so pretty disappointing. The, uh, the way that... Obviously, two great goals, but the second goal seemed to be an absolute backbreaker uh, that Doobie gave up. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, that was uh, that was one that was definitely a cause for concern. Uh, once once you, you start chasing the game all the time, it uh, it becomes a problem. But I mean, uh, I'm sure he'd like to have that one back. Where, where's your concern level with him after you know it looked like he kind of righted the ship a bit in 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 Vancouver, but then to give up some goals like that so quick and not even give you a chance tonight. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> to say you're not concerned would be, you know, just sitting here and lying to you, but uh, uh, we're concerned, but I'm concerned about a lot of a lot of guys on this team right now, so it's, uh, he's not the only one. The offense, Bruce, chiefly among that, the lack of production? Well, yeah, the lack of production, um, you know, I mean, I, I think our two, uh, supposedly two uh, big lines were on for every goal, you know, all right, that's Bruce Boudreaux disappointed tonight. The Minnesota Wild come to Edmonton and are beaten 7-2 by the Edmonton Oilers. Four points for McDavid, three for Dreisaitl. Take a quick timeout. You'll hear from McDavid when we get back. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 10. inside to Granlin. Nowhere to shoot the puck. Followed through. Had it blocked by Larson anyway. And here comes Connor McDavid leading a three-on-two left to right. Over the line. Ditches. Open man. Rich shot. Score! Leon Dreisaitl. And Edmonton takes the one nothing lead. That opened it up tonight. Dreisaitl's 14th of the season. He would add another he and McDavid tied for the goal-scoring lead on the Oilers with 15. Edmonton over Minnesota, 7-2. Back down to the Oilers' room. Here's Leon. Four games lately, nice to kind of get the offense going and win a game like this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always nice to score goals, obviously. Um, but uh, I thought our defensive game uh, uh, was pretty solid. Um, you know, obviously, uh, that's a good team over there. And, you know, they're going to get their chances. So, um, But I thought Talbs Tal- was... Uh, uh, very good tonight, and um, you know we had different uh, different lines contributing, and um, you know eventually that's that's what you need to win in this week. Getting out to a three nothing lead, seemed nice to kind of play with the lead for a change. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it was, uh, uh, it's a lot a uh, lot more breathing room uh, than you know being one one until two minutes uh, left to play. So um, you know it was nice. I thought uh, the the whole uh, the whole group played uh, played really good. Leon. Uh, 
in that second period when the game was still in reach for the Minnesota Wild, Cam Talbot came up pretty big on those power plays. Maybe speak about his play and how much confidence he's kind of reinvigorated back in here. Yeah, you know, we. You know, I know he had a little stretch where he maybe wasn't playing the way, you know, he would like to play or we know him to play, but, you know, we never lose trust in a guy like that, ever. Um, you know, he's our he's our goalie, they're both our goalies, and they've been, uh, they've been tremendous this year for us, and uh, he showed that again tonight. All right, there's Leon Dreisaitl. He gets a couple, also has an assist. Four points for McDavid, 7-2 Edmonton over Minnesota. Jujar Carrick, two assists. He has a four-game point streak. That game in Anaheim has ended. The Hurricanes do get the 4-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Face-off trivia. Rob, from the Face-Off show, who is the only person to have been the head coach of both the Edmonton Oilers and the Minnesota North Stars? This was before uh, I was born. You probably <laughs> would have been like two. Well, maybe I've, one. I've uh, John Muckler. Oh, you know what? I was going to say that. Too. Yeah, I know. That's why. I, no, that, that, that was, was you that. that said it, right, Rob? <laughs> no. Uh, Dave knew that, so his name goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy of Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. All right. 7-2 final. Calgary coming up Sunday. Can't wait. I, I can't either. There, there's certain games you get excited for, and I said upstairs to Bob, the games against Calgary are, are so much more exciting now because they mean something. Two good teams playing very well right now. It'll be a fun fun night, and we saw tonight the Oilers threw up seven. We saw the Calgary Flames throw up nine. Maybe <laughs> it'll be a 6-5 barn burner. Connor McDavid in overtime. That game on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 face-off show. Puck will drop at 7. Get it all right here on 630 Chad. We've been live in Studio 99. Thanks to our engineer at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. And thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Get more on this Oilers 7-2 win on 630Chad.com. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.